It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The biggest X factors in Monday night showdown between the Vikings and Eagles, plus a look at the NFC conference that's wide open for the taking. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Be sure to look out for a Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, NCARE 11. And Reg, Thursday, one day closer to football action, and the Vikes primetime showdown in Philly. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Not really sure what to expect. First road test of the season and a raucous rowdy nasty you know how goofy those eagles fans are atmosphere uh should be a lot of fun yeah lots to get into but first remember follow along on the lockdown minnesota youtube channel hit the subscribe button there and on twitter give us a follow at lockdown min and remember we're a podcast too free and available all platforms spotify apple you name it we got it tons of great choices over there as you see the ron johnson show the football party and more your one-stop shop with endless vikings talk with local experts do us a favor hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review all right to football we go and your minnesota vikings one day closer to their first primetime game on the schedule as they travel to philly for monday night football action plenty of things i want to get into today as far as biggest x factors the x's and o's matchups so let's start at the top where you've got two young superstar wideouts on display in front of the world on primetime, A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson. J.J., we know, coming off 184, two-touchdown performance, averaged nearly six yards per route ran, made it one of the most efficient performances of a wideout in the past decade. On the other side, you got A.J. Brown. Look, Eagles saw potential in Jalen Hurts. They had three first-rounders, said, hey, we need to go get him that big, true-bodied number one wide receiver to make life easy. He drops 155 yards, 10 catches on Detroit, and looks every bit the part of just an elite receiver, the same guy we saw in Tennessee. So, Reg, you've got arguably, maybe, the top two wide receiver performances in week one squaring off. Help me break it down. Where do you start trying to slow both these guys down if you're the Vikings defense or the Eagles on the other side of the ball? What did Antonio Brown say? Uh, call God. I think that's that's the best way. That's the best way to describe it. Like these guys are are guys that 
look, last year they made an extra emphasis to get Justin Jefferson the ball. Mm -hmm. And everybody knew it. They're trying to go to JJ. And what happened? He still got his. Like, that's the thing. And and one thing that you think about last year with Cooper Cup, you knew that he was the guy in that Rams offense. He still got the triple crown. Like, he still went off. And I think that gives you confidence with a play caller coming over from the Rams, knowing what Cooper Cup did last season. If Justin Jefferson is employed in that same type of way, and Justin Jefferson, who I believe is an even more dynamic, you know, athlete than Cooper Cup is, is scary hours, man. Like, it really doesn't matter if he's getting doubled or, you know, if they are king on him or whatever the case may be. He still finds a way to get his. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be like must-see television because on the other side, A.J. Brown is the same, is the same way. Like, he is an alpha at that wide receiver one position. And you look at it and you're like, dang, like, hopefully, you know, guys like Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler, you know, Shannon Sullivan, you know, however they line A.J. Brown up, that's going to be a situation where they are going to be tested, play in and play out. And then you can't even forget about Devontae Smith on the other side. You know, he's nothing to scoff at either. Like, the dude is talented. He's only growing and ascending in this league as well. Like, they got some some stuff, man. So I think one thing I think about is, is this going to be a shootout on Monday night? Because you saw last week the Eagles couldn't stop a nosebleed. Like, you know, the Lions are supposed to be much improved. But it's just like, well... Like, were they supposed to be that? Like, they almost beat the Eagles last week. And so you're like, okay, if they're going to do that, they have a lot of offensive firepower behind Jalen Hurts leading the show. And then you look at the other side with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, like, goodness gracious, man. Like, these two offenses are dynamic. You know, if anything else, we're just in for a treat watching both of these offenses go to work on Monday night. Yeah, you just know the Eagles are going to watch the Packers tape do a lot of things differently. Packers ran a lot of zone concepts, and I think because of all that pre-snap motion, that window dressing, it really forces so much stress on the communication of the defense. Everybody's got to be on the same page. So I expect to see a lot more man coverage with Darius Slay, plenty of double coverage looks on J.J., shading towards Jefferson's side of the ball all day from the Eagles' defense. All week leading up to this game, you can almost guarantee they're talking about not letting Justin Jefferson beat them. And it's going to force Kirk to spread the ball around more. We talked about it yesterday. Guys like Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv, and even Dalvin out of the backfield. On the other Mm -hmm. side of the ball, man, you mentioned it. Not going to lie. This one worries me a little bit because Vikings just don't have a true number one shutdown cornerback anymore like they used to with Mike Zimmer and Xavier Rhodes in their heyday. They got a crafty vet in Pat P, but physically, I just don't know if he can keep up with the size and the speed Brown has. So Vikes are going to have to do a lot of the same. Cloud coverage to A.J. Brown's side of the field early and often just to contain Mm -hmm. him as much as they can. Next one up, let's talk about these trenches, man. You talk about all the talent and fireworks in the passing game. Talk about where the game is still won and lost. It's the line of scrimmage. Eagles have Mm -hmm. an outstanding unit on both sides of the ball. Defensively, it's not so much their edge rushers I'm worried about. Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, who they're still solid. I don't want to undersell them, but their interior is just stacked. Fletcher Cox, 
Javon Hargrave, and the first-round pick I just fell in love with during the pre-draft process, Jordan Davis, mammoth, 340-pounder mm. from Georgia. I had this guy as the top five player on my big board in that class, and the Eagles stole him, I think, at 17. So now the Vikings' protection, it's going to be tested with those guys. So how well can Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, Ezra Cleveland hold up? It's going to be key to giving Cousins a clean pocket to step into. What do you think? Quick thoughts on both sides of the trenches here, Reg. They were solid. Their mm -hmm. offensive line was solid. You know, Kirk mm -hmm. Cousins wasn't necessarily just clean. You mm -hmm. know, he he led the league or he led, well, yeah, pretty much led the league uh, in week one with uh, passes under pressure, like completion percentages under pressure last week. So, like, he was getting some pressure from the, the Packers defensive unit because they are supposed to be really good as well. And so I think that was a good first test for them going into this second week. You know, when I'm scared of a guy like Fletcher Cox, you know, like I know he's a little bit older now and, and all that, but like that dude is still like a dude. He's and a so, beast. Yeah. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. And when you talk about guys like Fletcher and then, you know, Jordan, look, watch out, man. Like I think they mm -hmm. are as advertised. And so. You know, this is going to be a good test for that offensive line. Guys like Ezra Cleveland, you know, another good test for a guy like Ed Ingram, who had his lumps last week, you know, like he had his moments. Uh, wasn't perfect, but, you know, you can tell he's a guy that's, you know, trying to grow into his own, you know, at that right guard position. So, you know, Kirk was touched up a little bit, but I think this will be a good test for them. You know, Kirk did show some some ability to maneuver that pocket a little bit more last week, especially on one of those deep throws to Justin Jefferson. He was able to step up, evade the rush, evade the pressure, and you know, complete a long touch, a uh, long pass down the field. And so that was that was encouraging to see that Kirk is just not cement feet back there, you know, a la like a Joe Flacco or something or mm -hmm. Nick Foles or something like that, you know. So he seems to kind of help his offensive line out a little bit when they are, you know, kind of struggling with, you know, keeping that pressure off of them. And so it's going to be a good chess match, and I'm excited to see those two units uh, go to work against each other. Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, when I went back and watched the game again, they were absolute monsters for Screen Bay and really kind of the unsung heroes. They allowed Hunter and Z and that pass rush to get home against Rodgers. They don't get a mm -hmm. lot of love because of the position that they play and just the lack of stats they put up as defensive tackles. But it was just so obvious and clear how much of an impact they had on the rest of the defense when they were doing their jobs. If they can match that same intensity in production Monday, then I think the Vikes have a good shot at at least containing Jalen Hurts inside the pocket and forcing mm -hmm. him to beat you throwing the ball where, you know, he's a little bit more susceptible. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, next one up, the running games. Eagles have maybe the most dangerous run game in the NFL, thanks to Hurts. He ran 17 times for 90 yards and a touchdown last week versus Detroit. They led the entire league last year with 160 yards on the ground per game, and they look like they're just picking up right where they left off. 216 yards on the ground versus the Lions. Thoughts on Hurts, and where you even begin to try to stop this man dude it's scary hours yeah. you know he had 90 rushing yards last week against detroit and like look daniel zadarius are two athletic guys you know so they're gonna you know be trying to come after him but the dude is sneaky like quick like he just kind of like 
evades it and and he's like deuces like i'm out of here and it's funny it's like he's not the fastest guy that you see behind you know guys like lamar jackson or kyler murray or you know Mm -hmm. people like that but he is a guy that can do some like impressive things with his legs and that is going to be a test like you know aaron Rodgers, not quite the the athlete that he used to be so like you know you worrying worrying about him like breaking a run and you know all of that is not necessarily the same as a jalen hurts and so you know contain is going to be the biggest thing for this vikings defense you know you know maybe some of the concepts that they have against more traditional drop back passers like an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, a Jared Goff, you know, guys in their division. I think they are going to have to employ some of the same concepts that they would facing a guy like a Justin Fields in the division. It's like, look, we got to play contain. The cool thing is, is not only do they have some athletic rushers in Zadarius and Daniil, but they have two of the more athletic linebackers as well with Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks. Those guys are going to be busy. You know, you know, maybe you maybe you have one as a QB spy or something. You know, that's some, that's some old school Madden right there <laughs> with the a QB spy linebacker or whatever. I don't even know if they still do that, but I think if there's a guy that's kind of dedicated to making sure you know Hurts doesn't break contain, I think that would be helpful for this uh, defense because man, Hurts is a dynamic rusher. And when you talk about a guy who can extend plays and, you know, a play is never over until it's over because he's going to, you know, make a way as a playmaker, man, that that's tough, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how they defend him on Monday night. They design a lot of quarterback sneaks and runs for him. That's one thing. You mm-hmm. can try to game plan around that. But it's the third and 12. Everybody's covered. Perfect defensive play called. And all of a sudden, he just shoots up the gut, up the middle, and burns you for a first down. That's what's so disheartening and really deflating if you're a defense. He's the ultimate X factor for sure. I don't think I'm surprising anybody there. But important to remember, too, on the other side of the ball, DeAndre Swift lit up the Eagles last week, 175 yards on 18 touches. And the Lions proved the Eagles aren't perfect by any means against the run. They scored three rushing touchdowns and had 181 yards on 28 carries. So I think getting Dalvin Cook going early, keeping them off balance with the run and the pass. That's going to be vital to keep stride for stride with an Eagles offense you know is going to put a lot of points up on the board. This could be, though, a low-key spot where Dalvin just goes off statistically with a monster game. We knew going into the season, hey, any given week, maybe one week it's JJ like last week, the next week, maybe it's a guy like Dalvin. All right, last one, the revenge factor. We all know about the Vikings. They still got a bad taste in their mouth from that NFC Championship game in 2017, losing 38-7. to Plus, from an individual standpoint, you got Jalen Rager, just traded from Philly. He's going back home. going to be interesting to see if they get him involved at all as like that third or fourth weapon in the passing game. And then Eagles safety, Marcus Epps, he's now starting. He was drafted by the Vikings and Rick Spielman just a few years ago on day three from Wyoming. He's stuck around. He's earned his stripes. Plus, what you brought up yesterday Eagles plucked Janarius Robinson from the practice squad, probably trying to pick his brain a little bit, get a little bit of insider info, what the Vikes might be trying to do schematically. Thoughts on the whole revenge game factor with the Eagles? 
if we're still thinking about that that NFC Championship game, like we need to we need to go see a, a specialist. We we might need to go see a therapist uh, because that that was a long time ago. If we're still talking about trying to get some revenge on that, like we we might need to go see Jesus. Like we we might need to you know kneel down in prayer because look that was a long time ago. I I don't know if if it necessarily is a whole lot of a revenge game factor. You know, this Janarius Robinson thing is very interesting to me for sure. Like, you know, usually guys are juiced up to play against their former teams, but like just last week, he was celebrating the victory, you know, with the Vikings over the Packers. Yay, like we won. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh yeah, y'all won too here in Philly. Yeah, yeah. You know, Eagles. Fly, Eagles fly. We're you know, we're with the gang. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, how quickly things happen in the NFL, especially if you're a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be juiced up. I'm not really sure how much he'll play. You know, he did get signed to that active roster, but not really sure how much he'll play, if at all, in this game. But like you said, he does give some valuable intel. Like, hey, what are these guys trying to do on offense? What's going on? What What's the deal with with these guys what type of insider info can you give us and that part is interesting how much that is you know going to be a a factor in this game at all but you know as far as revenge goes I think that I think it's kind of low on the totem pole yeah it's been five years now I know it's a tough loss for Vikings fans but time to let that 38-7 thumping go I don't even think it's more so Vikings fans I think it's Eagles fans just won't let Vikings fans let it go and forget Mm. that game. What a better way to start a new streak, though, going into Philly and erasing those just emotional demons from the memory bank on Monday Night Football. Vikes, Eagles, Kirk in prime time under the bright lights. Gotta love it. Can't wait. Tomorrow we've got the round table with Ron Johnson and Sam Ekstrom, but rest assured, Reggie and I will be here Monday and Tuesday to break all of it down. Plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into, but first, with their win over the Packers, the Vikings jumped to fourth best odds in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. You can check those odds out and more with BetOnline, BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, and info, you want it. They got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Viking talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts and drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right, to baseball we go. Twins, watch out now, putting a little streak together here now. Two in a row versus those mighty Royals. Sonny Gray, dominant performance, seven innings strong, just three hits, no earned. So between Joe Ryan's no-no and Gray last night, their one-two punch, the last two starts, have gone 14 innings, just three hits, no earned runs, and 17 strikeouts. You love to see it. Quick thoughts and recap from last night's game. Twins win 4 nothing. Just a, you know, 
as ho hum of a I know, <laughs> win right? I know. as it get, you know, like the Royals are just bad, man. It's just mm -hmm. like, look, this is what you're supposed to do. You swept them mm -hmm. last month, sweep them again. The only problem is the freaking Guardians keep winning. Like you're trying <sighs> to catch up with them and they just keep winning. So it seems to be that the only way that they're going to catch up with them is by beating them when they play each other head to head mm -hmm. in that five game series coming up. And so I'm interested to see, you know, how the, the the twins go ahead and finish strong tonight. They gotta go ahead and handle business, sweep the Royals again, and then it's time. It's time for, for Cleveland and it's time to get it going. Because like look, their back is against the wall. They've got twenty something games left. Like you're running out of time to make your dreams come true. And I was looking at uh, Lavelle over at the Star Tribune. I was looking mm -hmm. at his tweet yesterday, and he was talking about how in 2009, they came back from five and a half games, surged back late to take it to game 163, and they ended up making the playoffs. We won't talk about what happened mm -hmm. once they made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Might have something to do with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but they can do it. You know, like it just takes them striking lightning in the bottle once. And look, this team has been so inconsistent over the past couple months. And you're just like, look, man, all the good that they had going this season, you just don't want to see it go down the drain. And so they're putting themselves in a good position. This is what you want. If you're a player, if you're a competitor, like, look, we're going against the team at the top of the division. This is our chance to beat up on them, gain some ground, and surge. It's go time. It's go time. It's time to go. This is their World Series, basically. Uh, by the way, Luisa Rice left with a tweaked hammy. Not what you want to mm -hmm. see as the Twins battle in their way back into this division race. Of course, like you mentioned, if the Guardians would ever lose, they might be able to make this thing fun again. Cleveland's six-game right. winning streak right now of their own. Remember, after tonight, again, as Reggie mentioned, Twins start a five-game series with Cleveland in Cleveland. You just know ultimately is going to make or break their division mm -hmm. chances. They played 141 games, so what? They got 21 games left. You're right. It's go time. To ESPN, we go. Weekly tradition, breaking down the latest power rankings. Twins dropped from 15 to 16, noting just how far the Twins have fallen just over the past week or two. Remember, it wasn't long ago the Twins were tied with Cleveland in the division. Now they sit five games back of the lead. Injuries, man, just really decimated this team, though, Reg, this season. It makes it so tough. It's already hard enough to go win a division, get in the playoffs, make a World Series push. But when you're just decimated by injuries, month in, month out, you name it, mm -hmm. it's just really tough to stay consistent. And that's been the Twins' big issue. White Sox at 14, Cleveland at 12, and... Am I seeing no New York Yankees in the top four even? Wow, how the mighty have fallen. They rank fifth on the list. <laughs> Quick thoughts on the uh, ESPN power rankings this week. You know, it's fair. You know, they, they, um, they've been showing the Twins a lot of love this season on these power rankings. But at some point, you got to keep it real. You know, they talked about how the Twins interplay on Labor Day, still tied mm -hmm. atop the AL Central. And then all of a sudden, you know, they lose six of seven. And they come into that series against uh, Kansas City down five games. And they haven't done anything. You know, they, they've won, but they haven't done anything to, you know, close the gap there because Cleveland just keeps winning. And also, by the way, yeah, they get leapfrogged by Chicago, which 
at certain points, you're just like, oh, Chicago's not even a threat. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Tony LaRusa is out and Miguel Cairo is in. And now all of a sudden they're a threat. And so you're like, okay, not only do we have to contend with Cleveland, we got to contend with Chicago as well, who's surging as well. And so, look, these power rankings, like I said, have been fair. They are, they're pretty much right on par with where you expect. You know, the Twins are kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team. They're not terrible. They are putting themselves in position to, you know, still make that playoff push depending on what happens in this series against Cleveland. I just can't stress it enough, man. It's go time. And, you know, these power rankings are cool and all, but, like, you got to win. Like, they got to go on some of these losing streaks that they've had. They need to, like, do the opposite and win as much as they've lost over the past several months. Like, because they've lost ground that they really shouldn't have. Like, anytime you hold that big of a lead throughout the summer and all of a sudden as summer is coming to a close, like, you know, you're ushering in fall with, ushering in the couch and you're just like wait how do we get here like what's going on how do we get to the point where we're about to be watching the postseason at home instead of participating in it with how good that they've looked this year and how how much they've been higher on those power rankings this season yeah Dodgers one Astros two Braves three Mets and Yankees four and five and to be honest I think the Dodgers are just Clearing away the best team in baseball. I don't know if Man. anybody's going to be able to beat them. But anytime you got a potential Subway Series matchup going on, I always kind of root for that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mets, Yankees in the uh, final showdown. All right. Time has come. Favorite segments here called What Does It Mean? Let's jump right into it here, Reg. First one up, heading into the season, the NFC Conference was considered more wide open than in years past, along with the Bucks and Eagles. The Niners, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, and Rams all considered early favorites to make a run at a playoff spot. Well, Sunday, the 49ers, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, and Rams, they all lost. The majority of whom got a good old-fashioned beat down, by the way. What does it mean mm -hmm. when it comes to just how wide open this NFC is for the taking now? And I mentioned a lot of teams. Where do the Vikings fit into this mix and all of this NFC? You know, the, the Vikings are right in the mix. I do think that this NFC is is quite open. You know, it's only been one week, but, you know, you kind of look at some of the guys or some of the teams that you expect to contend and not really the biggest showing. You know, you expect teams like the Rams to come around, the Packers to come around, all that good stuff. But, like, you know, the, the Cowboys losing Dak, they're done. You know, the 49ers, not really sure what to expect from Trey Lance. The Cardinals, I don't know what the heck happened to them in that first week. We always felt like the AFC was kind of like the stronger conference coming into this season. You know, especially looking at divisions like the, the AFC West, the AFC North. You know, the, the Bengals didn't look all that great, but like, you expect them to be there. The Ravens look good. The Steelers, not really sure what to expect from their offense, but that defense is elite. You know, the Browns, they don't have their starting quarterback with Deshaun Watson, but, like, they still have an overall, like, good team. And so that that still seems to be a dogfight over there. This NFC seems wide open, man. And, and if the Vikings just continue to do what they did in week one, and they can stay consistent this season, I have no reason to believe that they won't be in the mix when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, stemming off that, when you look at those teams that did lose that were considered contenders going into the season, what does it mean for which loss was fool's gold and will prove to be maybe just a, a week one fluke, as we often see in the NFL? Which team looks truly lost out of the gate? If you're to pick one that maybe was a little fool's gold, that's like, you know they're going to bounce back, versus one that's just toast. I know you mentioned the Cowboys. You think they're probably toast with Dak. Cowboys are cooked. Uh <laughs> barbecue chicken yeah yeah it is a put them on the grill grill them i think the (laughs) the packers and the rams are two of the teams like the rams defending super bowl champions they'll be fine the Mm -hmm. packers they they got bludgeoned in that week one game last year ended up going 13 and 3 like they're gonna be fine as well where you do start to wonder and worry, like Cliff Kingsbury is going to be on the hot seat, man. Like, yeah, he's got all the pieces in place. They've done everything that they're supposed to do to build that team the right way. Got a playmaking quarterback, got receivers all over the place. When you talk about guys like, you know, D-Hop is out, but then you have guys like A.J. Green, Hollywood is is there now, like, Rondell Moore, like they got some guys out there along with James Conner in the backfield. Like they got a complete team and to come out and look like that against, you know, look, the Chiefs had some question marks when it comes to the skill position. They they lose Tyreek Hill and you're like, okay, what are they going to do, you know, with with their offense? Well, they still got Patty Mahomes and he showed, hey, I'm still Pat Mahomes. Like I can get it done. It's going to be okay. But you expect the Cardinals to put up a little bit more of a fight. Like, you don't want to see Cliff, you know, left on the runway like, you know, Lane Kiffin. Like, it's it's looking bad if, if he, they can't turn this thing around. I think that's one of the ones that you're more concerned about. I, I don't know if the Cowboys – I never really expect them to, like, be serious because they're the Cowboys, and they never are serious. But that was concerning. Because before Dak went out, he didn't even look that good. And so now you lose Dak and you're like, okay, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to stand pat with Cooper Rush and hope that, you know, along with the defense, guys like Michael Parsons, playmaking ability, we're just going to stand pat and, and try to win with Cooper. Like, good luck, guys. Good luck. Niners, Cardinals, Pack, Cowboys, Rams, out of all of them, I'm with you. Cowboys, Cardinals, they look like they're toast, man. Not the real deal. More of a mirage than anything else on paper. But of all of them, fool's gold loss, I'm with you, man. Ain't no way I'm counting out the Packers. Are you kidding me? Same thing we saw last year against New Orleans in Jacksonville. They had that goofy road game in a neutral site against Jacksonville. Got the beat down. This is the Mm -hmm. same exact team minus Devontae Adams. And I'm not downplaying that. I know that's a huge deal. But the defense got even better as well. Ain't no way I'm counting out the Packers. Not quite yet. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, these older veteran quarterbacks have been known from time to time to start off these seasons a little bit slow before they get clicking. All right, Mm -hmm. that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more NFL, more Vikings, more Twins. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're podcast two, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe. 
drop us a five-star review and take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. You check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.